Hi, this is Michael Jr., fourth-year medical student at Texas A&M University and soon-to-be OBGYN. This is Clinical Pearls. going to share with you all something and I don't want you all to be upset. Now, the good news is that I've learned a lot. I've come a long way and I don't do this anymore. But I remember when I was a resident specifically, you know, I'm multitasking and being pulled in several directions. And I remember telling some patients who are uncomfortable either with a pelvic exam or with a speculum exam. And I remember telling these poor patients, hey, can you just hold on for a minute? Just, just, just stay still for a minute or relax with a speculum in the vagina. And you know what? That was actually terrible because the truth is we never know what someone has gone through in their past and if they may have been exposed to trauma and that's their reaction to dealing with a very intimate and personal exam like a gynecological exam. I've learned a lot over the last 15 years and so I'd like to share with you all the specifics about trauma-informed care or trauma-centered care because the truth is whether you're a midwife, you're a medical student, you're a physician in OBGYN or an internist or a surgeon, it doesn't matter. We all have to be aware of this very important concept because trauma is real and the last thing we want to do is re-traumatize a patient or try and take care of them. So I do apologize to all those patients years ago when I said, hey, just relax or just sit still during a horrible, intimate exam that could have obviously gone a lot better. So in this podcast, let's focus on trauma-centered care and how we can just be more respectful and understanding of patients' past experiences. I'm thankful that in April of 2021, the ACOG's committee opinion deals with this very important and sensitive issue. Truth is, trauma is experienced throughout the lifespan, and some traumatic experiences may be remote events, or they could be current and ongoing. These traumatic events can include a variety of different experiences, from sexual abuse to natural disasters to, of course, wartime experiences, or even encounters within the healthcare system itself. Trauma-informed care practices seek to create physical and emotional safety for survivors and build their sense of control and empowerment during the interactions between the healthcare team and the patient. And remember, as women's healthcare providers, especially as obstetrical providers, we have to remember that some labor processes meant to be a wonderful and an exciting thing in the majority of cases, sometimes labor itself can actually be traumatic and trigger PTSD. Although trauma spans all races, ages, and socioeconomic statuses, some populations are exposed to trauma at higher rates and with greater frequency of repeated victimization. For example, families struggling with substance abuse disorders, chronic economic stresses and poverty or homelessness, and families that are part of military groups actually experience disproportionately greater trauma compared to others. Take a look at this. In 2009 to 2011, a survey of military female veterans found that 41% of these female veterans actually had a history of military sexual trauma. That's why it's important to ask all of our patients if they've ever served in the military, first to thank them for their selfless service, but second, to see if we can help them and investigate and realize that there may be some post-traumatic issues that have never been worked out before. Additionally, patients with disabilities and those of sexual or gender minorities also experience trauma at higher rates than their counterparts. 
All right, podcast family, we got to stop thinking about PTSD as just a mental thing. Because while it is true, there are some big psychological disturbances there, including depression and anxiety. This isn't just in their head. Trauma's effects on the brain and the body are real, resulting in neurobehavioral, social, emotional, and cognitive changes. That's the mental or psychological aspect. But trauma survivors are also at risk for unhealthy behaviors, which are, in many cases, their coping mechanism like eating disorders, substance abuse, or times of self-harm. Individuals who have also been exposed to trauma may experience a wide range of mental health conditions like anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, and even these suicide attempts. The interplay of trauma's effects also is associated with chronic disease. So here's the part where the body comes in. As an example, higher PTSD severity is associated with lower HDL levels, higher triglycerides, higher blood pressure, greater body mass index, and specifically in survivors of childhood sexual trauma, a greater total number of cardiovascular risk factors. Now, a history of trauma has also been associated with lung liver, and heart disease, as well as autoimmune diseases. And it's thought that perhaps this chronic stress states leads to these high sustained cortisol levels, and that, along with free radical formation, helps set up the stage for these chronic physical conditions. Now, because of these past traumas, these patients, these victims may be less likely to trust others, especially healthcare professionals. Remember that there's a big component here of feeling powerlessness or fear or hopelessness. And these things can keep patients away from seeking care. That's why these patients, these survivors, have higher rates of acute and emergency care, but they have low rates of preventative care utilization. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You know, when I first heard trauma-informed care, I thought that means providing trauma-related services. And I'm like, I'm not in trauma. I'm not a general surgeon. I don't do that. So it doesn't apply to me. Wrong. That's totally not what we're talking about here. Now, sometimes as women's healthcare providers or OBGYNs, we can in fact provide some trauma-specific care, specifically related to things like sexual abuse or assault or intimate partner violence. So yes, we do some trauma-specific care, but again, that's different than trauma-centered care. Okay, we teach our medical students this, and it's important to remember because we just get so busy and we take things for granted and we don't even listen to the words coming out of our mouths. But remember, our words have powerful connotations, especially to a patient who may have been through something. For example, never do a pelvic exam and then tell the patient, hey, everything looks good down here. Ew, that's kind of creepy. Don't say things look good down there. Now, you can say something else like things look normal or I don't see anything that is abnormal or everything looks as it should or even use medical terms with explanation. You know, The anatomy here is completely within its normal. Normal limits. That means that I don't see anything here that's concerning. That's okay to say, but I've I got to be look full transparency. I've said that myself, right? Hey, everything looks good down here, and then it creeps me out myself. So just remember that our words have power. Another thing, for example, is like, hey, I'm going to touch down here for a minute. 
that sounds kind of weird. So I started saying, do you mind if I place my hand on your leg? And then I will slowly move to the area that we'll have to examine, which is your outer vulvar area. See how that sounds a little bit more medical, a little bit more professional than, hey, I'm going to touch you down here. Remember, for somebody who's had, for example, sexual assault, those kind of words really mean something. And I know it's a lot. We're busy. I mean, we're all running around. But just to pay attention to the words that we say, especially in such an intimate exam like we have as OBGYNs or women's healthcare providers, it just means a lot. And so remember, the words that come out of our mouths have power. Look, while there's a big formal definition of what trauma-informed care is, I like the simple approach. Look, it's putting the patient's needs first, understanding where they come from, and just being more understanding and compassionate for their past history. The Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration has outlined four assumptions of trauma-informed care. These are also called the four pillars. These four R's are, one, realize. That's realize the widespread effect of trauma and understand potential paths for recovery. After realizes, recognize. Recognize the signs and symptoms of trauma in patients, families, maybe even other staff members, and try to do something about it. After recognition comes responding. That's respond by fully integrating knowledge about trauma into these policies, procedures, and even conversations and communications with the patient. And last, drew everything possible to not re-traumatize the patient with things that we say or rush them through or above all, feel like they're not being heard. So the four R's are realize, recognize, respond, and then do everything possible to not re-traumatize. As we get to the end of the podcast, remember that a big key here is just being aware and looking for this. That's why the ACOG and a variety of other professional societies and even patient organizations recommend universal screening, educating patients about the health effects of trauma and offering patients opportunities to disclose their traumatic events should be common practice. Screening for specific types of trauma is either required or at least recommended by multiple agencies, including the Joint Commission and the Women's Preventative Service Initiative. This is also part of the ACOG guidelines that call for universal screening, at least for intimate partner violence, at least once during prenatal care and at frequent points of contact for gynecological care. Here's what the ACOG says about universal screening. Obstetricians and gynecologists should implement universal screening for current trauma and a history of trauma. Remember that individuals may not share current or past episodes of trauma at the first or even the second encounter because it really does take a trusting relationship between the patient and the physician. That's why it's important to ask on several occasions as the patient becomes more and more comfortable with the healthcare provider. The ACOG also says to use a framing statement because that can also take the edge off or take the sting out of a question that seems to be targeted to a specific individual. For example, it may help open up dialogue to say something like this. Traumatic events are very common and have direct effects on both physical and mental health. So for this reason, I've begun asking all of my patients about any prior difficult experiences that they may have had and whether or not they feel comfortable sharing them. That kind of framing statement means that it's not pointed or they haven't been singled out, but it's important for them to remember that this is part of universal overall good patient care to identify things that can not only be an issue for them now, but maybe in the future as well. 
hug. I just cringe when I think about the things that I told patients in the past, especially when I was in residency. I mean, I was a hotshot resident, right? I was in a big major county hospital. I thought I knew everything. I thought I could fix everything. And that was wrong. I'll tell you, it's a big, long way down from the top of the mountain down to humility. So I'm thankful to have had these opportunities to learn these things, to put them into practice and to just try to be better. That's why we do this podcast so that we can all learn together and don't have to learn the hard way like I have. So we have summarized the ACOG committee opinion from April of 2021 on trauma-centered care. Thanks for being part of our podcast family. And we'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.